Hello and welcome to the Cisco Technology Podcast. It's me, Justin Woolen, and uh, you can contact the podcast at, uh, at Justin Woolen or on Facebook or uh, email me at justin.woolen at cisco.com, 2-0-1-L. So this is a special, a first of firsts, again, on the podcast uh, series, and today is a small business special. And um, the reason we're doing this is because Charlotte is, is acting as producer today. I'm on my own. I have no Joachim. I've got no Mark. And... Uh, she asked me very nicely what I do when on small business and, and the reason is because we talk about all these different kinds of technology out there all the way from the cloud to the network to software defined networking both from the wide area network and LAN and all the other different security technologies and it can feel that Cisco maybe isn't relevant to the smaller business so we really are and and Charlotte took me to task on this and say well let's do a podcast on it so we've done one that we're doing this one today and we're going to keep we're going to keep doing this as a regular thing. She's nodding at me now. The producers nod when they don't have microphones. Um, so that's going to be really good and really interesting. And this is the and the first of first is we're going to have the most famous person on this podcast ever. And I know Joachim might be a bit put out by that, or Mark Jackson, who usually co-hosts with me. But we have Piers Linney with us. Hello, Piers. Hello. I'm not sure what that says about your previous guests, but I'm glad to be here. I think it says more about <laughs> our, our lack of famous people on the podcast. So you, you're doing real. We've hit the height. This is the highest of the heights at the moment for us. So I'm quite chuffed. <laughs> we've got p- pictures and everything. So what, what, we've, 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 seen, we've seen you on the telly, haven't we? Yeah, well, so people remember me mostly from, I was a secret millionaire, actually, in Channel 4 oh, were you? in 2011. Yeah. Oh. I was in Wolverhampton, spent some time in prison, as you do. Um, not, not, not I'm not saying anything, anything about that. Helping people <laughs> in prison, and uh, but I think the most I'm most probably best remembered for Dragons Den. So I did two seasons on Dragons Den, which is Shark Tank. If you're not in the UK, yeah, yeah. we do format. get American listeners, we, and so that's one especially especially for you, Shark Tank. But yeah, but that's my sort of TV background, I guess. And I've done lots of a few other things here and there. But my background actually is I'm a corporate finance uh, lawyer by training from the city. Oh, you a lawyer? Investment bank. I'm a lawyer by training. I was investment banker at Credit Suisse. My daughter's doing law. Yeah, she's, well, she's in her first year of I, law at Liverpool I'd, I'd, Uni. I'd, I'd do that again if I had the choice because it's, it's really helped me along the way. And I was a banker in the city. And I went into business, first finance, but mostly technology, some media and telecommunications and the way in which they've converged over time as well. So that's what I spent most of my time doing. Oh. As well as investing in companies as well. As wow. Some you win, some you lose. Crikey. That, that's, you are the most exciting, the most interesting person <laughs> we've had on the podcast. Sorry, Joachim. Um, uh, so that that's well, that's really great. So and and it's um and it's and I've watched a couple of your videos. I know today you've been recording. Uh, did a Facebook live out on we're in we're in we're in cloudy London, but it's very warm um, today. Uh, I don't like to give timestamps because it always means that I, it shows how bad I am at editing and getting the podcast out. But we did a Facebook live today and talking about what were you talking about today? Cyber, cyber security. Cyber security, and I know you've done one before because you filmed that on Old Street, and you did you've done a real good video that you did on that's on Cisco.com. Well, I've done a few things at Cisco. I've been working with Cisco over the last probably nearly six months now, I guess. So I was at Cisco Live in Barcelona with Cisco, a sort of small business stream there. I've done some podcasts. I did a, a Cisco expert talk. And a lot of the content's up there on Cisco sites. And we've done a couple of Facebook Lives now on cybersecurity. And here I am doing a podcast in the lovely Meraki office. I know. In central London. I know. It is, it is a, the swankiest of offices. Um, and it's very nice. And we all, everyone tries to find an excuse to come here. And you, you walk around this office and there's loads of other people. <laughs> going, what are you doing here? And they think we were just I'm, like... I'm coming, coming back for the free lunch. Yeah, the, the free lunch. <laughs> the <Yeah>. free lunch. <laughs> So um, let, let's get on back on to, uh, let's get on track, which is hard for me. But um, 
You mean you t- you talked in your video that you talk about five things and and uh, about the businesses they need to think about and and you're a real big advocate of of how technology can help businesses and and this podcast is for you I mean we're sort of aiming at businesses that are already tech savvy so it's not about convincing them that technology is important but it's more to give them a bit more of the um, a bit more guidance on what kind of technology they need to be thinking about and and the people who listen to the podcast regularly know that I'm a networking guy I come from the, the, the networking part of the business and that's something I always think is hugely important and I, and I like to think that myself and my home is my little small business that I run and I, I use all the Cisco technology I've got Meraki I've got the the Cisco Wi-Fi I've got Cisco security in the house um, all to just make sure that I'm my kids have a great connectivity, a great user experience, so they can watch films on Netflix and other 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 providers. But but can you give us a view, your point of view, on what why is the network important to a small business? So I think well, first of all, so the talk you're talking about, I think, is the Cisco Expert Talk, mm. which is on your website, so mm-hmm. people can obviously go and have a look at that. So I think technology is it's no secret, no surprise to anybody listening to this that technology is important. Well, you probably wouldn't be listening to this. It's a question of understanding technology, understanding what your business needs are, um, how you how you embed it into your business planning, uh, how you use it to sort of empower your people. You know, we'll, talk, we'll talk about networking, we'll talk about security. So increasingly, it doesn't matter whether you're a, a coffee shop that's got people connecting to your Wi-Fi, or you're some you know well-funded you know old street-based London-based startup. Um, Technology is increasingly important, and it doesn't just mean about the software, your the code you're writing to create your product or your service. Mm-hmm. It's increasingly about the technology you need to use just to be able to run a business. And what I'm passionate about is, and I've been involved in my own businesses um, selling these services, is using technology to empower your business, empower your people, and maximize the chance of success. Mm-hmm. So technology is something which is it's a leveler for a start. But and we'll talk, we can talk about this, is that you know, large companies have historically had a huge competitive advantage. They had very large systems integrators, you know, cobbling together communications and technology and software to create powerful ways in which they could interact with customers and keep those customers. Whereas now, even a startup with two people or a small business of a couple of hundred people can access the same technology. So it's all there for the taking. It's about understanding what you need, when you need it, and, and where you get it from. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is the missing link sometimes. Yeah. I talk to a lot of small businesses and they they just do not understand, or sometimes they haven't got the time to understand because they're busy trying to build a business, um, how to make those decisions. Yeah. And big companies have procurement departments and people that do this. Uh, that's, why they, that's why they buy cloud-based technologies, for example. But I think it's incredibly important that small businesses are offered support and guidance. And what I try and do, if you look at the content yeah. from Cisco, is provide practical advice, not motivational nonsense. I like that. Practical advice, not motivational nonsense. I think that's what we try to give our listeners. But I think <laughs> I think we move into a lot of nonsense it's a good as place well. To start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, th- it was an, you. You said an interesting point just now, and it was what is it they want and where can they get it from? Or you, you said something on on those lines, and I think that's the bit of going. What are you? What are they looking for from a from a network? How? Do, what? What is the value that they need to be looking for when they're looking at look when they're looking for a network to connect people? 
or to, like, to, to run their business. Your, obviously, focus on networks. So let's. I don't know. Let, let's start there because <laughs> I'm very, very linear, and it's the number one in the. In the right, okay. Charles done a great job of putting of putting all the information on the whiteboard, and I have to go left to right. I have to. It's in my head. So, so fundamentally, I mean, I'm a bit of a boring historian. People know that. that I, you know, I grew up in the mill town Lancashire, and about the canals and the railways and the road yeah. system, and now we've got you know the internet essentially. Yeah. So the network and the way I look at this is is, is the oxygen of a small business. Yeah. So. Now, if you're on a train, as I was this morning, trying to do a bit of work, and you can't get, God forbid, a decent connection to the internet yeah. to do anything, send an email, it drives you bananas. Oh, so gosh, imagine yeah, having yeah, yeah. 100 employees in the same situation. So the quality of your network, the ability to um, provide a network that your employees, even customers and suppliers, mm -hmm. can connect to remotely, I mean, it needs to be secure. Yeah. So networks are incredibly important in terms of the speed, but the quality of it and the security of it. And we'll come on to security. But yeah. as networks grow, you have more remote workers, more flexible workers. You have Wi-Fi endpoints, people on mobile mm. devices, webcams, whatever it might be. The the complexity of that network is becoming immense. Mm -hmm. Because now it's about as a small business, even a small company can have quite a complex network. It's yeah. about how do you manage that affordably? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing about, there's two things about managing it and managing it affordably that come to mind for me. And I think managing it is quite hard and you're a fan of a dashboard. And that's where you look at things such as that, as the Meraki dashboard that you I mean, it's, it's, I think it's a product or it's, a, it's something on its own, the dashboard itself, not just the hardware, but you have the, 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 uh, appliances, both from a Wi-Fi, the, the MX appliances that, and, but it's all managed via dashboard. It gives you one view of everything that's running on your network, how to, who's connecting to it, how they're doing it securely as well. So you can have those remote connections or you could have multiple people in multiple offices being able to have their, their, their network at home where they're connecting over broadband or in a proper proper office and then that's the piece for me that really makes a difference and i and i just always go back to myself and i've got an mx at home and it's allowed me to one provide connectivity uh, i've got full control of visibility of all the things going over in my network i can then um and my son's well, my son doesn't listen but he's doing his gcse's the moment but i put policies in place to make sure that he can't, he can't go on the on the internet. Or Daddy just, is watching. Daddy is watching. <laughs> yeah. It is. Daddy's watching because yeah. he's doing his study. And, but he, 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 and funnily enough, the other day, we the, his sister borrowed his computer and she went, I was trying to watch, I was trying to watch, I was watching Netflix, other, other streaming providers are available, but I was watching it and it went off at 10 o'clock and I went, and she went, oh yeah, that's dad. He's put a policy in place that he that he doesn't let us go on the internet after that time of night but, because they should be in yeah, bed sleeping. That, though, so <clears throat> people's, in, in your personal life, you're talking about um, using different um, access on the internet to do different things, mm -hmm. and and even your children, your policies. Yeah, yeah, I have got policies for my kids. So if you've got 100 employees who are all different people with different, you know, foibles, yeah. the question is about, you know, how do you implement policies across the organization? And, that, and that's the thing about the great thing about the market. It was so intuitive that I could create a policy. I, I would group my users. And say right, okay. Here's my finance people. Here's my sales people. Here's my all my my warehouse people. Whatever it is that I'll, I'll, I would group them and create policies for those groups, really simply and easily. But you've got the dashboard to see that to to implement that. Now, I mean, you haven't told me to say this. I, no, I, I, I know I, we I, haven't. I'd never seen a dashboard really. I, I've I've been involved in software as a service, infrastructure as mm -hmm. a service, uh, communications as a service. I never really seen um, networking as a service and these dashboards. So when I saw, I was in Barcelona. Yeah. When I saw the Meraki dashboard. 
And again, I think the guy there who was giving me the demo had it all set up in his house. Yeah. And he was showing me how it's set up in his, in his home. Yeah, I, 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 I could log on now stuff. and show you what's going on in my, yeah. in my house now, and, and, and which is mostly, uh, you see my wife, she's off at the moment because she works <laughs> in Some school. Baby. So Yeah, well, I, was, I don't think it's sunny in Wales at the moment. But uh, but yeah, but that's the bit. And I, I and actually, I've even done it. <laughs> this is really sad, I, really sad. But then I could, I'd even um, be able to say to my daughter, I remember, oh, what time did you go to bed last night? She went, oh, about two o'clock. See, so yeah, I thought so. She said, well, how do you know that? This is because... I could see you, you were on the you were on the internet until two o'clock in the morning. Then it stopped, and then you went to sleep. And she's like, "That's just a bit weird, Dad." But then it's that level of visibility you have of well, it, it's two things. It's one is it's the power of control and visibility. But it's also about if you can't if you can't measure it, you, it's not visible. You can't manage it. Exactly. That's like, and what that's you're creating exactly. there is, is data in a way. So yeah, you, yeah, it is. You now begin to understand the very simplistic personal level your daughter's behavior yeah and, you and then it's understand your employees behavior or your own customers behavior yeah because even uh, fully enough i was doing some prep prep work before coming here and it said about there there was a cisco office that kept on complaining i won't say where but they kept on complaining about that we haven't got enough bandwidth we haven't got enough bandwidth and then they um put some technology in to measure that and they and they've had two upgrades since then and they did they asked for a third upgrade of bandwidth and they said Do you know what 30 percent over 30 percent of your traffic is personal use it's, it's I think TV it's about, stuff. About network is that, that you, so you're not always going to stop that. It's a question of understanding. Uh, but how, but that's how and, and that's then it comes to your thing that you're very passionate about. You, I, not passionate about. Well, you may be, but the, it's something you've called out and that that sort of talk about people and policy and process and, and and you talk about that from a cyber perspective as well. But it's that thing of going if you've got data and you can see people are doing that, then it's about understanding that sort of level of behaviour. But you don't get that unless you have visibility. And that level of visibility isn't just for the big corporates, it's for any kind of business. Because any business who has a Meraki MX or any Meraki device can use the dashboard. You get well, I always use the example of a, a coffee shop, yeah, yeah. good or a bad one. So if you've got customers coming in, connecting to your Wi-Fi, or people just passing by looking in a window, connecting to your Wi-Fi, you're building up a picture of those customers yeah. or potential customers. And it's a question of how you add value and convert them and turn them into customers. And that's the thing where you've got... Um, uh, where, where Meraki can use uh, another cloud blade technique called DNA Spaces, which is which is a, a, um, a technology that we acquired that allows us to, and they use it in big hotels. Uh, I know, um, oh, uh, I think it's IHG Group, and I think it's public anyway, so that's fine. Uh, but they use it, but it's about, again, understanding your customers better. And you're going, well, that's exact same technology is available to a coffee shop via Meraki to a big, massive, worldwide hotel chain like IHG. So it, it's, it's really interesting that you say that. So going back to your, your question about networks, so there's a foundation mm -hmm. these days in the information economy, and mm -hmm. if you're making widgets in some manufacturing mm -hmm. unit somewhere, yeah. slightly different, but most businesses now increasingly, it's about information. Yeah. And the other point about networks is, is that you know, innovation is about sharing ideas and iterating ideas, human beings doing that. Mm -hmm. So. If your network doesn't support the movement and the transfer of data, which is ideas, you find it difficult to innovate. So my, my view is, is if you haven't got a powerful, resilient, fast, secure network, you're really, really just starting off with a foreign chain attached to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the basics in which you build a business these days. Yeah, yeah. That's like that's part of the foundation. You've got to get all your technology right and all that before that's, that you start because then you won't have the right foundation for your visions to be successful, which is about your ideas, your people, and what they do and what they deliver to you and, and to the business. Going on to um, cyber or security, I know you're, you're a fan of that because you've just done a video of that today, Facebook Live. Um, while it's fresh in my mind. Quick. While it's fresh in your mind. So, <laughs> yeah. so cyber, you mean, 
I feel like sometimes I feel like security turns in, you turn into a bit of a plumber or a mechanic and you start sucking your teeth and going, ooh, and, and it's all bad. It's all bad news and there's nothing good. You never hear any good good news on cyber perspective. But, but it is hugely important, isn't it? And even for a small business. Well, there's some research out today we were looking at earlier that um, I think, and this is only what end of Q1 almost a bit further on, and 55% of companies in the UK have suffered some kind of cyber attack, and the average cost is £200,000. It's more in Germany, it was about £600,000, and Belgium was somewhere in between. So these are big numbers. And my point about security is this, is that <clears throat> when you're in business uh, and you're trying to grow a business, you're essentially managing risk. Mm-hmm. And there are some risks that are very difficult to manage. Um, there are risks in terms of, you know, trying to, can you get customers? Can you sell products and services at a margin? And does that cover your overhead, those kind of risks and competitive risks? And there are some risks which are tangible and very real that can really impact your business adversely. Cyber attacks are a good example. Mm-hmm. And cyber is not some, you know, Russian hacker coming in and stealing or intellectual property. It's actually, it can be about... Um, someone just tapping into your PA's email, sending a phishing email, and getting someone to send £200 down to your bank account. Yeah. Now, for a small company, that can be a lot of money, but that quickly can be 10000 20000 So the point about cyber is, is that there's a risk there that you absolutely can manage. But uh, you have to go and find out how you do that and how you do it in an optimal way for your business. No point throwing some very expensive um, solution at a small business. It's about getting the right size yeah, um, yeah, solution yeah. that reflects your data, the importance of your data, and the cost associated with losing that data. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? And it, 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 it a mark on, on who, who regularly contributes to this, and he talks about his three-legged stool, or, or which is, I mean, people, policy, and process. And, and um, there were some stats we talked about earlier on about that, um, and I can't remember what they were. <laughs> Around you, I mean, if you don't get those three things right, luckily you, for you, that you've I've written them, them down. I've oh, written down. So is. you can tell you can spot the, co- well, the consummate <laughs> professional in the room. Well, this is interesting. <laughs> oh, the, the lawyer, <laughs> the lawyer in yeah. me. This is interesting. So, it's talking about this is cyber and the impacts of um, attacks. So, if you've got just pure technology, so for example, a firewall, you can prevent 26% of attacks. If you have nothing but people and training, then you're down to 4%. Obviously, you do need some technology somewhere. If you've got just policies, then it's 10%. Now, if you add those up, it sounds like you only get to, excuse me, mass 40%. That's not the case because they're actually multipliers, there's a multiplier yeah. effect. So if you have all three of those, you're over, way over 90% efficiency. In protecting yourself from yeah. cyber. Oh, wow. And that is a real, there. that's really phenomenal, isn't it? And, and you mean, I tell you what, I, Mark can be so jealous that, we, he, that he should have been here in the room. But it, it's that thing of people, policy, and process. And it, it's even the thing, and I, again, I talk about home and, and there was a proud moment when my wife came up to me and she went, I've got this email. Do you think it's real? And I went, wow, because I've made I've made sure she's aware of it. Don't click on it. If an email d- just looks dodgy or you, you're not quite sure of it, don't click on it. And, and and so that's really good. But there are, and and the technologies there available for that. You don't have to, the same technologies available again to big businesses on big enterprises to the small ones where you look at something like we have for Umbrella. And I use Umbrella at home and... and and I and I love my daughter to bits, but I tell you what, her laptop is so full of malware. But, and the only reason I know that because it's being blocked, and I'm going onto the dashboard that Umbrella have that's powered and linked through the Meraki solution. I'm totally pr- and I don't even uh, before I go right. I need to get your laptop. I need to get it wiped. I need to get it cleaned. I'm going. Do you know what? 
you're going to go back to university soon and you're going to be another you, you, you'll be their problem again but the thing is a lot of this so in your personal life you're used to um, being attacked be it phishing be it malware mm. viruses whatever you want to call it yeah. you're used to it or you know especially yeah. phishing emails these days so people are aware of that now that they're kind of mud against the wall attacks you've got a business that's yeah. got, a, got money in a bank account or particular intellectual property or exactly back yeah, to yeah. a minute a, a important customer even mm -hmm. then you've got somebody who's actually targeting your business and is working hard to infiltrate it and, yeah. and steal in some way or another that's very different to the personal now you're used to that now if you've got a business you have to be aware that those attackers are actually focusing on your business now you can have a small business that's got mm -hmm. it in the supply chain yeah and the, the top of that supply chain could be a, I don't know, it could be something of national interest, maybe a defense contractor, for example. And a hacker or uh, the bad guys or girls, they will take out your business as collateral damage just to get up the supply chain. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you're up against. You can be up against a nation state. So you need to, be, you need, you need to do whatever you can within your budget. And we'll come on to finance later. Yeah. If you're raising finance, debt or equity, they're going to look in the due diligence of uh, your cyber credentials. So, they, so uh, when you, so if you went towards a, a a backer or a bank or some a, a, some way of raising finance to support and grow your business, they will actually look at your cyber. What are you doing to keep yourself and your information and your customers and your business protected? Yeah. Well, these days, unless you're not connected to the internet, which is pretty rare, um, unless you're a forestry business, even then they'll have a website. Yeah. yeah. The point is that they, as part of their the commercial, legal, or financial due diligence, they will look at your cyber credentials. Wow. Now your, and now you've got things like you know regulations. So there's, yeah. not, there's not only cyber risk, there's regulatory risk, there's compliance with GDPR, for example. Yeah. If you don't follow the rules, because if you if you don't follow fined. the rules, that you're going to get fined, and you've got to, and and it's not just about oh I've been hacked. You've got to know when you've been hacked. You've got to know what data has been exposed. And and you've got to be able to report that. I think is it like so is it in 36, 48 hours? I think you've got to be able to do it. So and and so that again, if your risk, your business is at risk for people taking information or, or or damaging your business, but also you will end up going. I've been fine, and I can't be able to pay fine, and your business could be damaged that way. But you mentioned again the, the, the three P's. So there's people, policy, policy and process. process. Yeah. So yeah. you know you can have policies that are impl implemented through software. You can have processes, but people's key because increasingly it is it's a cultural thing as well. So it has yeah. to be people have to see this happening at the top, understand yeah. why they're doing it and understand their part in it mm -hmm. um, and why it's important yeah. and the impact of getting it wrong. Because the impact of getting it wrong, if you're an employee sometimes, is you might find yourself not being an employee for various reasons because in the worst case scenario, it can destroy a business. Mm -hmm. It is, isn't it? It, it? And I've seen it in the news in reg regards to that, but small businesses actually going up. because well, they have very large businesses yeah. nearly go under because of this, never mind small businesses. Yeah. So everyone's vulnerable. So even in a small business, you've got to take this seriously. And, and and we can we could talk about how they how they help to to, to get these solutions. And, and out there's there. no excuse not to. There's no point sticking your head in the sand, thinking what happened to me. And when it does, saying, "Oh well, you know, you can't help these things. These guys know what they're doing." That's not true. Going back to the stats you mentioned earlier, yeah. Yeah, you put in place, you know, the right technology, the people, and the policies. You can stop. You can stop over ninety percent, and then and then you're showing that to, to your to, yeah, you, you're doing the best by your business and by your and people. And you mitigated yeah. that risk. So yeah. there's many other risks you've got in your business. You can That's focus on those. That's yeah, one. Focus on off. the business risk, exactly. as in yeah, but yeah. Oh, brilliant. Um, this is so interesting. Sorry, I'm really enjoying this. Um, so we've got about we talk about connecting people from a technology perspective, but it's actually connecting them from a and being able to connect them and to allow to share that information and collaborate. You mean that you talked about that in one of your your five things about being able to use video technology and having be, you don't have to have to bring everyone into the office to be able to work and and get access to talent as well, isn't it? 
So this yes, is something I'm sort of been quite focused on is collaboration and, and communication. Um, increasingly, it's the same thing. So I, I've, personal example, I've recruited somebody in her, she was in her early 20s, and we sat her down the first day, turned on her computer, and she came back to us after a few minutes and said, what's that? And she'd never used an email client. So this is, um, she's probably a millennial, I hate that phrase, but you know, in that kind yeah. of age, age bracket. Um, never use an email client, because it's all messaging, it's instant messaging. Email yeah. is putting a, a, something in an envelope, putting a stamp on it, putting it in a red letterbox, and hopefully somebody writes back yeah. to have the time. So now, you know, instant messaging, video, it's about sharing ideas, yeah. it's more efficient, it's more personal, it's the way the world's going. You know, we all talk to each other now on our phones using video, mm -hmm. and that's where it's going now. The, the, the days of the, you know, piece of plastic with a microphone and a receiver on your desk called a phone, mm -hmm. they're over. And the point about this is that, especially if it's cloud-based, is that you know, work is something you do now, not somewhere you go. So I've been yeah. working with Cisco, you know, people in Cisco quite a lot recently. We've, we say that as well. And you're, and you're all over the place. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're all over Europe, even the world even, yeah. working from home and in the office, it doesn't matter. And that's a big company. And the point is, um, and my point of this is that talent is a competitive advantage. Yeah. So if your talent pool is who can get to your office within a half an hour commute, um, you're limiting your talent pool. Yeah. If your talent pool is now who can connect to the internet securely and yeah. uh, some decent quality, your talent pool becomes global. Yeah. That's the difference. And it's about actually not just talent, accessing diversity in terms of, you know, ethnic diversity, of course, but diversity of thought. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, I'm a, I'm a big believer in that. You I mean, we, you need a bit of the most diverse workforce that you can have because you're going to get the best ideas. And that's not, that's not you and I are saying that. The research, no the research look, proves that, yeah. That. yeah. And, and that's the thing, isn't it? About being able, even if you're going to be working with other partners, as in, okay, you're working with maybe some other kinds of suppliers, if you can able to make sure that you don't have to go drive all the way or fly all the way over there to meet them, you can do it over using the collaborative technology that we have. And, and, and we sort of get used to it from the consumer stuff, but it's the same technology that um, the big businesses have that small businesses have access to. Like, for Let's example, face it, it was reasonably expensive, but now yeah. you know you can go for something on your laptop or your um, personal device, iPad, whatever it is. You know, to sort of screens that have a web exactly, yeah, built yeah. in, and so you d really depending on your your budget again, which is important to small businesses, you can access technology that fits your budget, yeah. but in any way, it's gonna add some value. And, and it's the same user experience. So when you look at the WebEx technology that we have out now, and, and WebEx was, was when you look at the Teams, so you can have, you mean Teams is available on all devices, so. I've noticed, because mine keeps bleeping. I know, I know, I know. I know. So we got we got Teams, uh, and, and that allows you to to do that instant messaging, go yeah. the way from an instant message to a video call within, Within, within the click, uh, you're able to share information. And we were preparing for this podcast. Add people, drop people Add out, people, share yeah, documents. Yeah, yeah. Sharing documents, all that thing is, allows us to do that. And we haven't actually done anything other than use the devices that are in front of us. Um, and the, 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 But then if you want to go and say, look, if your budget stretches to, I want to have a, a, a sort of an in-room conference unit, you can have that. But otherwise, you mean you've got a laptop. Laptops all have, have have video screens in them, and you can bring as many people in or as little people as you want to into it. So, and they can be all over in the world as long as they've got an access to the internet connection. Because you don't have to host anything. No, it's all in the cloud and all delivered from Cisco. So that's the great thing about you look at the, the cloud delivered networking management and the dashboard, both from from Meraki um, and how you the firewalls in there. Going back to your cyber point, going to umbrella technology, which provides that extra layer of of um, cyber security for the business as well and and, and th again on the dashboard all run via the cloud 
So let's just focus on the power of the cloud. So yeah, this was all impossible, really. Yeah, you could do it, but it'd be on prem. Maybe the systems integrated. Yeah, yeah. It was too expensive for most small companies. Hence why they didn't. And complicated, yeah, complicated. Yeah. So now with cloud, and this is the important point, <clears throat> and um, it's about it can breathe your business. So the point about a business, especially a growth business, is again going back to the risk perspective. Is you know, with growth comes risk. Now, one of the biggest risks is fixed costs. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to start your business and buy whatever it might be in terms of infrastructure for your maximum requirement, you know, the, enough service to the maximum load on your website at Christmas or sufficient uh, comms for the team you expect to have mm -hmm. in the year's time. Now you can start with two, you scale up and to some extent scale down. It can breathe with your business. So if you mm -hmm. can turn, if you go for your cost line and turn as many of those fixed costs you can into variable costs, it means you've reduced the risk in your business. Right, and it's evergreen as well, so you're not buying perpetual licenses. Yeah, every and that's the years. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and that and that's the great thing about the the, the way that we can do that is is through because it's it's like pay as you pay as you grow, um, and you don't you like you say you start the year with ten people, you you've got an ac aggressive plan it's to grow to it. yeah, yeah. it's a subscription, and you can grow your business to hundred employees. You don't have to pay for it all up front. You can pay for it as you want to, and then you can start to look at the and that's sort of part of the. Uh, and Charlotte talks about myth busting, like you know, myths. That this is, you mean this is small businesses with big ambitions? And Diego got a nice tagline in for you there. Um, but it's that bit about you don't have to be millionaires. It's it's you can pay this. We've got financing options, so we've got Easy Lease, which is zero percent as well, and it's all subscription licensing. So you pay for what you use. But also, your leasing. Stop me if I'm wrong. No, go on you, you can. And they're looking at me now. <laughs> I'm worried now. You no, know, you can buy infrastructure or services from the third parties mm -hmm. to integrate into your Cisco services, which means they get 70%, 30%. Yeah, it's not like that. Charlotte, thumbs up. Yeah, Whoa, right. Charlotte, th thumbs up from which, our producer. Which is important, though, because if you can finance your Cisco um, part of it on 100% finance, 0%, mm -hmm. you can't buy the bits you need to plug it and make it all work, yeah. you probably can't implement the whole solution. So these things actually make a difference. So financing, you know, it's, it's okay having OPEX, but if you can't afford the OPEX, you still yeah. can't buy the thing. Yeah, but that, and that's the thing that, that allows you to to grow your business as, as you go along and you can drive that profitability, drive that more more, more revenue and then allows you to grow that business in, in that perspective and not go... And the other thing as well is around the trials as well. So there are a lot of stuff you might not think of that you can actually just download and use for free for sort of 30, 60, 90 days sometimes, depending on what it is. But that's the great thing as well, that you can just get, right, let me let me just play with it first. Because I do that as well at home. I mean, I go, oh, what that, what's that bit of software do? Well, let me play around with it first. Oh, actually, it's worth it. I'm going to use it now. Well, one of the things that I've sort of come across myself is that it's okay deploying, so, you know, WebEx teams, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, uh, but user adoption oh. is the key to it. There's no point, you know, from yourselves, there's no point deploying technology if people don't know how to use it. Yeah. What you often find, especially in communications technologies, is people will know how to make a voice call, maybe send a message, and even start a video uh -huh. call. They don't know how to use the whiteboard or document. Yeah. And there's all this capability in there, potential added value mm -hmm. people aren't using. So again, it's about finding the right technology and implementing it yeah but making sure you absolutely rinse as much value out of it as you yeah and, and and that's the thing about most uh when we look at even at the big big businesses uh data that most most it projects or digitization projects fail because of those things not because of cost. Well, they used to fail more so because they were big projects 
si systems integrators and there's a lot of risk involved. Yeah. There's less reason for them to fail if they're cloud-based, especially when you turn them on or off. Yeah. But I think they fail. But it's, if you don't get the right adoption. use, yeah, it's the adoption. I yeah. think that's something that's changed. Not the implementation. Yeah, it's, 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 it's they get changed. implemented, but nobody uses them or yeah. they don't know how to use them right. And I think that's the piece that doesn't matter if you're a small, large or medium-sized business, if you don't get that user adoption right by, uh, and that we, we end up doing a, um, we had a white paper about this a while ago and I ended up talking about it, but it was the, the piece around sort of communication. Make, keep communicating with your staff, telling them why you're doing it and why the benefit of it is, is going to be doing well, it. Well, the like, issue you've got now is, is that this technology is available mm -hmm. out there and there are um, consumer versions of it. Yeah. So if you've got a, a highly productive, capable team that wants to get things done and you're not providing with these technologies, they're going to go find it They'll anyway. find other ways and, and they'll, they'll do shadow, shadow IT. IT yeah, and exactly. that is a disaster. It's like we prepared for this, isn't it? But we haven't. <laughs> no, but it, I, I've been there. But yeah. So I've had, I won't mention software, but I've had certain social sharing things introduced and they sped like wildfire and suddenly everyone's using it. It's not even a, not even a company policy. policy yeah, yeah. And then it adds risk then because yeah. then you go, look, all my intellectual property is now sitting in some other person's cloud that I don't have any access to. And and that's the piece about you mean that that people policy and process both from cyber perspective. But if you're going to get the most out of your technology, it is that people you've got to have, you've got to be. I mean, make sure it's used well. The implementation part of it is yes, but then that, making sure the users are trained well, they understand the benefits of it. It's come down from the top, like it's leadership. It's a cultural thing. It's a culture. Yep. It's that you've got to get that technology culture right and spend as much. To, I won't say I, but you still got to spend a good lump of your time working on that culture to get that right. Because if you don't, they won't use it. It won't get used well. And then yeah, it doesn't matter how how much tech you've got. If somebody decides to print off something they shouldn't, or leave it on a USB and leave it on a train, or and I. Charlotte over there told me a great story about somebody who actually was uh, one of Cisco's security specialists, a story about where some, somebody went into next to a company next to us, a coffee shop, went running in saying, look, I've got an interview and I, I've just spilled coffee over my CV. I really don't want to, I need to print another one off. Please, please help me. Could you just print me another CV off and hand them USB? And the person on the reception, the lobby, stuck it into the her computer, <gasps> said, oh yeah, we'll see what we can do. And he yeah, red light. So, oh, they're, they're quite clever. Don't trust anybody. Um, even if they're going for an interview, just go, no, no, no. <laughs> but it just takes that one slip. It does, doesn't it? But uh, that's the bit. They I mean, catch you when you're not aware. You mean that one time that, that like, like an email comes in. So that's a cultural thing. Doesn't matter yeah, what your policies culture. are, what your systems are. If somebody just plugs a USB into the wrong piece of equipment, potentially it's all over. Yeah. So it, it, and, and it's having that the backing up of like okay I've told people and if but if all that fails you're still gonna have technologies to back that up, so I'm testing it. That's oh. the other thing people forget to do. Don't is it? I'm good, aren't I? You See, are people good. forget they implement this stuff. Think right, I've now got my cyber sorted out, my new communication systems in, and you know if the God forbid the internet connectivity went down or something or there's mm. some malware that affected and the two points is one is segment it. So, you know, in the security service, you hear yeah. about, you know, uh, security levels. You can yeah. have that in the organizations as well. But test it. So run scenarios. Say that, right, this happens. The the boss, this might be you who's listening, isn't around on holiday. They've gone hiking in the Himalayas. What happens next? Who do I call? Test it. In some run scenarios. So go. So that's a lot about the process, though, isn't it? What's the policy? What's the policy if the boss is away? No one's going to talk about And the internet and, the, and our network and our technology goes down. What yeah. do we do? How do we operate as a business? Because you can't, they all be sat there going. Our customers have received something they shouldn't have done. It might be, mm -hmm. you know, it might be inappropriate or just something they shouldn't have seen, actually. What do you do? 
So crisis oh. management is something which is, you know, I've done some myself in terms of the media training, is where you need to get, you need to know, have a plan and get on top of it and start communicating very, very quickly. Wow. Charlotte, I'm going to look over. Have we missed anything yet? I'm going to see if we get a nod or a thumbs down or, a su- or which one? What are you pointing at? Plug and play? Free trials? Well, I think we should talk about Cisco because most small businesses, I mean, me too, when I was in these small companies, I hear the word Cisco. And I just think very large company from, yeah. from the West Coast. Why, why are they trying to talk to me? Am I supposed to answer this yeah, question? Yeah, I'm asking you now. Isn't that the stuff that government shoes and large enterprises? What they, what they do? Why are they doing a podcast about small business? Because I, th- I, I feel that it's the, 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 the time has come and the, through the acquisitions and, the, and the, um, the product development that we've been doing, everything that's been available to, to big enterprises is now available to a small business. And I think it is. And I, and I, and I know I've talked about using my stuff at home, but I use it at home. If, I could, if, I can, if it's relevant to me using it at home, it's going to be relevant to a 10-man, 20-man, 50-man person, sorry. Uh, I get a dirty look from Charlotte there. Or, or you mean a 100-person business. It is relevant. And all the things you've talked about are relevant at a, co- at a, a massive enterprise, a, a hospital, a government department, all the way down to... A, a small business so that's the piece that, that that's really changed in time clouds enable that because you don't have to um host all this stuff our, ourselves it used to be if you want to have a phone if you wanted to have a phone system you'd have to actually have a phone exchange sitting in, in your in your business and you'd have all the phones connected to it and now it i just to be for the maximum employee expected to have the next yeah, five yeah and if yeah and that's exactly it now i just go i do i need a phone no i've got a laptop if everyone's got a laptop if everyone's got a mobile phone then I, I can put all the software on there I need. And that's the difference now from a collaboration perspective, from getting decent decent business-grade Wi-Fi. Do I need to go away and spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds? No, you don't. You can get the same quality of Wi-Fi by using sort of the, the, the small business or the Meraki portfolio. I need one access point. Oh, I need another access point. I'll buy another access point. I'll buy the license to use it as well. So you can pay as you grow your business. And it's the same power of technology and the same security and the same policies and the same visibility that you're going to get as a big enterprise is going to get, and that's the thing that's changed. And then you've got, you know, you've got partners. You know, your channel business, mm-hmm. so you have partners that can sit down with potential customers, people thinking about this, and have that conversation. But I, mean, I guess why you want to do these podcasts is they still need to go and reach out to start that conversation. Yeah, you got to go out and and and, and like I think it's to your point, and that's the thing that you bring peers to this is is the business point of view of the business owner's point of view or the, or the person who's running this business of going, I need to think about technology. If you are not thinking about technology to the level of we've been talking about, you are not getting a competitive advantage, and you've added more risk to your business. Well, not just that. You, you, well, you've added more risk. Forget competitive advantage. Yeah. You may just find you haven't quite you know, ticked the right boxes. And you, there is a malware attack or someone nicks £20,000 out of your bank account. And that's a huge amount of money to someone who's company. maybe been running on a... But the one that I think that when I talk to small companies about that pains them the most is if you don't notice that you're, you know, you're talking to your two lead salespeople who you know thinking of leaving maybe, mm-hmm. and suddenly you don't notice that they're downloading a lot of documentation yeah. on a Sunday afternoon. Why is that? You're not notified before it's too late. You, know, you can find your whole pipeline's gone. Yeah. And all so the, yeah. There are lots of reasons to do it. Uh, but there's there's no reason now not to be able to have access to that data and increasingly I think you're going to AI as well probably oh gosh on to that yeah today. yeah well, that, well that's the, I mean that's but, sort of the way of the future isn't understanding it understanding that data is what yeah. AI does that's all it does yeah. and that's the bit about being able to automate that and it's like you mean when you talk about software defined and where we are now it's about 
you mean as as a, as, a, as an organization use software and the software defined technology to in, a, in more of a manual fashion so if you see something then you react to it power the data tell me what the data is right and then manually do something about it but in the in in the future it's going to be where that's going to be developed is that the person starts downloading well, it, it spotted to. straight away and it's done cut it has to because you're you're yeah. if you've got a company say and 200 employees say even 100 and they're connecting to your network in you know, four or five different ways plus everything else mm-hmm. um there are so many notifications that a human cannot actually sift through that data mm-hmm. and see the wood for the trees so mm-hmm. only software increasingly mm-hmm. intelligent software mm-hmm. can pick out the right notification to email you on a sunday afternoon saying you need to have a look at this yeah do you know so and so has been logging on this is what they've done they downloaded or 20, 20 gigs be. of data on a sunday afternoon what, why are they doing that that's not part of their job you can go do something about it sounds brilliant charlotte is there anything looking at the the, the, the double thumbs up there we've got double thumbs up we think we've talked about everything Piers, this has absolutely been brilliant and, and thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to come onto the podcast. It's great. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. So if you've got any questions, uh, listeners, or you uh, want to contact the podcast, you can do it via Facebook. You can contact me on, on uh, not Facebook. No, I'm not on Facebook. What I was thinking, LinkedIn. That's it. LinkedIn, Twitter, at Justin Woolen, or you can email me, justin.woolen at cisco.com. Uh, Two O's, one L's. And also, I should add that you can follow me and also the content I've been producing with Cisco at peers on most social networks. Brilliant. There you go. Thank you very much for listening.